This evening we open our Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 24. Uh, Just a reminder, we finished Philippians recently, and it's been requested by session that I preach through Nehemiah. I'm in the process of uh, getting books here, and uh, would like a little time to get through the introductions once I have them. Never know what to expect, uh, but sometimes they can be quite lengthy, so I like to get the background before I start working through the, the scriptures verse by verse, checking the commentaries at that point along the way to check my work. Uh, So we'll be doing some topical sermons for at least a few weeks in the evening. And I have been meaning to say, by the way, if you would like to make a special request, I always enjoy doing that during such a time. You don't have to, but if there's something you'd like me to preach on in a a topical way, a certain verse, feel free to make that request. Uh, This is my request this evening. It's a scripture that... uh, while I've been doing my reading through the Bible in the new year, and I, I am in, in mode of needing to catch up to my, my reading plan, uh, and sometimes I read through quite a few things just to be catching up, which can be a nice experience too. I encourage you to do that if you're behind. Just do your best to catch up, you know, read some extra. It's, it's, there's a real benefit to reading a larger part altogether too. And sometimes something will stand out to me. I'm sure you have that experience. I, I don't think I've really noticed that as much before. I, I'd like to think about that more. So this is my special request tonight. I'd like to, I'd like to think about this, this phrase in this verse with you this evening. It's actually one of my most favorite chapters uh, in Genesis, one of my favorite scriptures and stories. Uh, but that's not why I've chosen it. It just happens to be in that section. But we will consider the context of the chapter. That will, that will inform how we think about this, this verse. Uh, Genesis 24, verse 40, and I'm really looking at a phrase in the first part of it. I'll go ahead and read the verse in entirety, um, but we're looking particularly at what Abraham says about himself. Genesis 24, verse 40, hear now the word of the Lord. And he said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. And thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred and of my father's house. So the person speaking is Abraham's servant. He's found uh, Rebekah to bring to Isaac. And rejoicing over the matter, recounting a lot of the details of the story. uh, It's quite lengthy because you read it all and then he kind of recounts a lot of it to Rebekah, then to the family. Uh, It's in that context of Abraham has sent him. And this is kind of one of those parenthetical comments, it seems to me, that I've always said I'd like to maybe do some kind of a book or study, just noting a lot of what are parenthetical comments in the scriptures, but they are the word of the Holy Spirit. They are God's word. And this is interesting. I don't think we get this earlier. It's something that the servant reveals about what Abraham says about himself. And I just thought, boy, I want to be able to say that about myself. And I want, to, I want to encourage us that we can all say this about ourselves. He, that is Abraham, said unto me, that is his servant whom he has sent, and is now uh, there looking to bring Rebekah back with him for Isaac. Abraham said to him, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee, and prosper thy way, and thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred and of my house. I think Abraham could use a little help if one of the girls might help him with Gideon, please. He's having some challenges there. Um, what I want to focus on is this phrase that he says, The Lord before whom I walk. The Lord before whom I walk. 
It's just so neat that he speaks of God that way. The Lord before whom I walk. And it's interesting that he says it here. And I want to think, that, think about that with you. Now this morning's text on Lamentations 2 verse 19. The message, this message reflected the phrase in the scripture there we focused on. Pour out your hearts like water before the face of the Lord. Before the face of the Lord. And if so... If we're going to pour out our hearts like water before the face of the Lord, it will result in looking like what Abraham says about his life. A walk before the face of the Lord. After all, repentance, which this pouring out we saw is related to repentance, to be restored to the Lord is to turn away from sin and turn unto God with an endeavor after new obedience, walking with him rather than walking away from him. And so there's this phrase, before the face of the Lord. I didn't plan that, but it so happened that these two... I did plan this one because of this phrase, the walking before the face of the Lord. Where we went with Lamentations was just... It was God's timing that that phrase was there as well. But if we're going to pour out our hearts before the face of the Lord like water then what will be found happening is our life will be something we should be able to say about ourselves, not perfectly, and remember walking before the face of the Lord is often relying on his mercies and seeking forgiveness, but a walk before the face of the Lord, a walk before the face of the Lord, the idea of being in God's presence. And not just his omnipotence that he's aware and watching, maybe judging, but a sense of his covenant closeness. A sense of his being our father, God, and guiding us along and seeking to please him along the way. Walking in his presence, living in our father's house as opposed to somewhere else. And that's a life that passes on a legacy to our covenant children. To follow in following Jesus, our shepherd. It's kind of like the staff lying on the sheep's back when we were in Psalm 23 a while ago. Uh, one of the men who was a pastor but used to be a shepherd literally said, you know, sometimes you'll notice a shepherd just kind of has his staff out there. You know, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Sometimes, especially some of his favorite sheep, he'll just kind of, he'll hold on to his staff, he'll just kind of let it rest on a particular sheep, and they'll just kind of walk together. And it's comforting to the sheep, it's just kind of a, a light touch of a sense of the shepherd's presence and the presence in, in the shepherd's presence, and the shepherd's presence with the sheep. Or like a child walking with his father. You know, he often talks a lot along the way. Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 says, Be ready to teach your children while you're walking along the way. And our most recent text in Deuteronomy uh, 6 talked about when your son asks questions, be ready to give the answer. What's the meaning of all of this? And you're walking along with your son, and he, he wants his father's attention. He wants his father's approval. You know, you get a little distracted. What can happen? Like, Dad, Dad, I'm asking you something. Did you hear me? Dad, Dad, did you see that? You know? <laughs> he wants his father's attention. He wants his father's approval, guidance, oversight, acceptance, love. He wants his father's presence, his engagement. If the father walks ahead, often the child yells, Daddy! And rushes up to grab his hand, wants to be close. And Abraham's summary of his life is something like that. He was called out of the world into the promised land with a promised seed. 
And he was thinking like this about his father, God. I, the Lord before whose face I walk. Abraham's actions and affirmations toward his family were a conscious walk with God before his guiding, watchful presence. I'll give that to you as the kind of the main thing we're thinking about, the idea of the meaning of the text in this particular phrase in its in its context, Abraham's actions and affirmations toward his family were a conscious walk with God before his guiding, watchful presence. He testifies to his life. He testifies to his life's legacy as, quote, the Lord which I walk before his face. The Kind of the literal Hebrew flow there. He testifies as his life's legacy, the Lord before whom I walk. But in the Hebrew, almost always when it says before the Lord, it's literally before the face of the Lord. And uh, as it is in our text more explicitly in English uh, from Lamentations this morning. So there is literally that sense of walking before the face of the Lord. You have more of that sense of a personal presence when when we recognize that's there in the Hebrew. It was an expression of faith that God's angel would go with his servant and find a wife for his son. Isaac, the son of the promise. It's not that young, by the way. I always think about that. Of course, I guess, you know, modern times, uh, no websites to get on, you know. (laughs) And he's in a completely foreign land, and it's not easy to go back. But he's trusting that God, whom he's been walking before, is going to provide for his son to keep walking before him. And he's going to trust he's going to give a wife so that they'll have sons that are keep walking before him. That's been his experience. And that's been the call upon his life. And he's trusting it will be true. Remember how long he had to wait for Isaac? 25 years. But he learned over time, I can trust God's promise. I can trust my promise will be, trust God's promise will be through Isaac. I can trust the promise is going to be so many children of the covenant. Can't see it all, I have to walk by faith, but I can trust. And so he's trusting now. God's going to send an angel with you. God will provide a wife for Isaac. And his walk before the Lord was to send the servant on a journey to find a proper, equally yoked helpmeet to walk alongside Isaac. He knew it had to be someone like that. It couldn't be, and he makes him swear, put your hand under my thigh, do not Come back with a Canaanite. You go to my father's house. You go to my father's family. You get someone that's equally yoked. That's walking before the face of the Lord. This was right after Abraham had buried Sarah. And was getting old. Among his last acts of faith. Although we do see. In the next chapter, he does remarry and have more children, so his death is not imminent. But among the latter time of his life, as he's getting older, he finds a woman of faith for his son. Notice this. This is, this is his walking before the Lord in his later years. He has been, so he continues to. This is what it looks like to be walking before the face of the Lord. Not only do I want to make sure that my son marries uh, equally yoked, I want to make sure my son marries. I want to make sure I help my son find a covenant wife and have covenant children. That's how the Lord is going to do this. That's the Lord's promise. But I'm not going to just sit back 
I'm going to act in faith and be part of it. So look at verses 1 through 4 of chapter 24. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. You know, frankly, I find this encouraging, and I, I don't mean to exaggerate or seem dramatic, but I do think about my age now, uh, where I'm helping my, my first daughter along this process, and now I have my seventh child, and as far as I know, my last daughter, my last child, and she's a month old, and, uh, you know, I'm pushing 50. <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know that I want to be giving our youngest children the same attention as the eldest. I want to be just as involved and diligent in all the children and my youngest child in helping them find their covenant spouse and building their family. And this is really encouraging and motivating for me is, well, that's to walk before the face of the Lord. That's just the natural way. Okay, you're going to be old, stricken in age. Who knows how many teeth will be in my head at that point? I don't know. There probably won't be any hair left on my head. But I'll still be taking it seriously. I'm walking before the presence of the Lord, and it's my requirement. I'll be working with Juliana, Lord willing, uh, and I'll be helping her just as much as anybody else. That's walking before the face of the Lord. It doesn't matter how old we are. We are still deliberately involved in the covenant and in the future of the next generations of the covenant. Trusting God's promise to give him seed like the stars and the sand. That's what he's saying. I'm walking before the face of the Lord. I have been walking before the face of the Lord. And I've learned walking before the face of the Lord over the years. I don't have to worry this is going to happen. Go find a wife. The angel of the Lord will go with you. And uh, he has such things in view, I'm sure, as chapter 13, 15. Let's go look at a few things that... He's had brought to him as he's walked before the face of the Lord. And the, the Lord has been with him and, and shared with him and confirmed things with him, reassured him. Chapter 13, verse 15. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And actually verse 16, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. You know, this is something Abraham has had to learn to trust the Lord over the years. You know, that's why we had uh, uh, another child by another woman along the way. He had to wait a long time and started to doubt uh, this is, you know, why, wait a minute, maybe it's going to be my servant, you know, that's the only thing I have. How am I going to have all this seed? No, 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 it's going to be Isaac. It's going to be through the covenant child Isaac, and it's going to be through Isaac. It's not going to be through a servant, just wait. So Abraham's remembering, wow, I don't see how it's going to happen. And we remember, what, how old is he? Really old, when he has Isaac. And how old is Sarah? Really old. And the scriptures emphasize they were really old beyond the time that people have children. 
But God did this thing. He's learning to walk. Even look at verse 17. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, and I will give it unto thee. He says to them all through, and, and then to you know, Isaac and Jacob, I am the God of your fathers. I will be with thee. I will bless thee. He's in our presence as we walk with him in faith. And so Abraham has learned along the way, I've been walking in the presence of the face of the Lord. God's going to take care of this. I'm doing my part. I'm trusting in the Lord. Look ahead to chapter 15, uh, verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Where's this going to ha- come from? How's this going to happen, right? But it's going to be what, as he said, as the dust of the earth? Like, just stop and think, beloved, dust, like just in one small handful, how many individual pieces? Or, you know, the stars in heaven, just start to try to count them, especially in Abraham's case. Think about being in the desert, looking up without the competition of, you know, the ambient light of the city and everything. Get out to the desert, it's like, wow, wow, that's a lot. If you just got a little spoonful of some of it, it would be unbelievable. That's how many children I'm going to build through. But he only had he only had Isaac. I mean, in terms of a child of the covenant, he did have more children after when he marries Keturah in the next chapter. But in terms of the covenant, it's one. But he's learned to trust that God will do this. Look ahead to chapter 22, verse 17. Again, he's been walking before the face of the Lord. He's been learning to trust the Lord and. Learning to walk according to the way the Lord says. And that's why he's doing what he's doing right now, looking for a child, uh, looking for a wife for his son. Uh, chapter 22, verse 17 of Genesis. That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. That phrase at the end is, Amazing, because that's the prayer that they, uh, they pray over Rebecca before she goes. And we like to say that in weddings to the woman. May you have so many children, millions, right? Tons of children. And may they possess the gate of your enemies. Because see, the Lord, through his covenant people in his church, ultimately in Christ, is taking the world back from Satan. But this promise again, let's, go, let's think about the seashore now. Well, this is great. We, we live by the seashore. And uh, what a blessing to just walk on the sand Scoop a little bit up in your hand and watch it go through your fingers. And Try, go ahead, count the sands. Go ahead, try, do it. I challenge you. See if you can count just that little bit of sand going through your fingers. You're going to have to try a couple. It's not going to happen, right? It's so many just there. The sands of the seashore, this is amazing. We get a taste of it as we look in Revelation of the multitudes from every, every tongue and nation praising the Lord The covenant through Abraham. We know it expands beyond the bloodline through the blood of Christ, those who have faith in Christ. But he's learning to trust God. And so then we get back to chapter 24, and he's old now. And he doesn't say, oh, man, I don't have a wife or Isaac. I'm just going to lay down and just hope they figure it out, you know. I hope it works out. I'm going to lay down and die now, you know. He's old. He's stricken in age. And he's about the work of the Lord. He hasn't changed anything. I'm walking before the face of the Lord. That's the calling on my life. I've walked with him. Why would I stop now? 
Thus he exemplified Jeremiah 29, verse 6. He says this about himself in the context of, go get away for Isaac. The Lord before whose face I walked will take care of this. He's exemplifying Jeremiah 29, verse 6. Go find wives and husbands for your children so that you bear more covenant children. That's what God says there. Now there, hey, don't think I'm bringing you back to the promised land. I'm going to let you stay there a while. But don't give up. Don't think I'm done with you. Buy houses. Plant trees. Get husbands and wives and go make covenant babies. Build the church. Don't let the situation around you, which remember in Lamentations this morning, was not happy, was not pleasant. Don't let it stop you from church growth. Don't think that you're now stricken in age and somehow you're done. You're not done. You're walking before the face of the Lord. But I take this seriously. This is an example in Jeremiah Go find husbands and wives for your children. That's walking before the face of the Lord. I think this is something that many in the Reformed and Covenant Church know nothing about anymore. We leave it all to themselves and we wonder why they come back with people they shouldn't be with. From colleges they probably shouldn't have gone to. We need to be involved. And at this point, Isaac, he's not young. He's probably not a whole lot younger than I am at the moment. And his father is just as much involved in his son's life. It's an expression of looking back to chapter 12. He's saying, I walk before the face of the Lord. So I'm walking with him now, sending you out on your walk to walk back with a wife, to walk in marriage, in matrimony with my son. That they'll have children walking with them, following after Jesus. And he's, he's, he's looking back, I think, especially think about chapter 12. Go with me there to chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, this is before he's father of many nations, his name changes. The Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. How old are most of the saints in this room, about that age, eh? I mean, I know they lived longer then, but it still says, you know, when he was 100, he was way, way too old for making babies, you know, Sarah at 90, right? So look at this. He's got a call upon his life. I think we tend to think about it, well, when you're in your teens or when you're in your 20s. He's got a call upon his life at 75 years old, saints, to depart and go where the Lord leads him, a place he will show him. Hasn't even seen it. You know, there's no, let me show you. I'm going to bring the TV screen in front of you and give you a sense of how this is going to be and photo album somebody who's been there. He doesn't know where he's going. He's got to walk by faith, not by sight. He's got to leave everything. He's got to leave his family. But the Lord called upon him to walk with me. 
And I'll show you where we're going later. And so he says, I have been walking before the face of the Lord. All these years. This is where it started. And all the way along, oh, sometimes I've sort of stumbled and I've, you know, kind of run in a couple of circles and I've kind of made some mistakes, but the Lord has never left me. The Lord has never denied his promise to me. And I can testify to you, my son, as a old guy serving Jesus. God is good and God is true and God is faithful. And he has never left nor forsaken me, nor will Christ leave or forsake you. Don't think you're all out on your own there. Nothing's, God's got no plan for you. Let's go find her. Have faith. I've been walking before the face of the Lord. God provides in ways you can't imagine. Keep walking. I'm getting up there. Keep walking. He's got you here until he has you crossing into the promised land of heaven. He's got you serving in whatever ways you can, leading and helping the rest of us along the way. You have many things to be able to testify to the rest of us, the younger ones. I have been walking before the face of the Lord. Let me tell you, go find her. Go find him. Come back. (laughs) Build this church. Don't stay in that land. Come back and build. Hebrews 11 verse 8 comments on this. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. But he can say... Harkening back to chapter 12 and all the things along the way we've looked at, I've walked before the face of the Lord. The Lord called on me to walk with him. Jesus has called upon us to follow him. And I didn't know where he was taking me. We didn't know where he's calling us, but we came to him. We come into his church. And we find that he is good. And he will provide. It's almost like the psalm that says, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the children of the righteous begging bread. He remembers God's pleasure, walking with him, watching him along the way, watching him grow in this walk before his presence. Let's look at that. Chapter 18. And I I think of this because it also leads us back into what he's doing now in our verse tonight. Genesis 18, verses 18 to 19. Let me go ahead and start with verse 16. But 18 to 19 is what I want to highlight. God is saying, should we reveal to Abraham what we're about to do to Sodom? And the men arose... Men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? So before we continue, it's kind of rhetorical. No, I'm not going to hide it from Abraham. Abraham is surely, he's not going to be down there where Lot wanted to go 
Abraham knows where to be and walk in my presence in the right places to be safe. And he is surely going to grow the kingdom. Notice he's going to be the means of God's promise. God's going to work it through him, but he's going to be involved. And how is he going to do that? Verse 19, for I know him. God says, I know him. I've been walking before the face of the Lord. I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord made bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken on him. I'm going to give him many, many, many covenant seed. And that's going to happen because Abraham's going to teach his family to do this. He's going to raise up his household as a covenant household. He's going to call upon future generations, get the right wife and husband, raise the right kind of family in the right place. Abraham's going to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and let him in on how I'm going to judge this wicked nation that won't stay on the earth. But Abraham is going to, over time, inherit the entire earth. He's going to take care of his family in the Lord, raise them in the Lord, and help them find and raise their families in the Lord. He's walking in the presence. He's walking before the face of the Lord. And he's got this history. He's got this testimony building. He says to his servant, go find me a wife for Isaac. Do not come back with a Canaanite. Come back with a Christian. Come back with someone who can walk equally yoked, agreed with my son, the son of the covenant, so that they will be building the same household and raising up the next. Abraham trusts God to provide a wife for Isaac because this is how God calls on them to walk in his presence as his covenant people, generation by generation, as he looks and knows and observes and approves and is pleased and is involved. As Abraham's walking before the face of the Lord, God, that I think he's really testifying, is in his presence with him along the walk the whole way. Matthew Henry says this, Abraham took encouragement from the testimony of his conscience that he walked before God in a regular course of holy living and thence, refer, uh, excuse me, and thence inferred that God would prosper him. John Calvin says of the faith being expressed here in our verse, the faith by which he set God before him as the governor of his life, being confident that he was the object of God's care and dependent upon his grace. I've been walking before the face of the Lord all these years. Here's all the things I have learned, sometimes the hard way, but the Lord is with me, and if the Lord is with me, who can be against me? He is not going to make this promise to me for Isaac and not provide the wife. But I'm supposed to go help find her. So may your faith's pilgrimage in life declare Psalm 116 verse 9. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I will walk before the presence, before the face of the Lord. In the land of the living. That's going to be my life. Therefore that's going to be my lifestyle. I will always walk with a conscious. 
awareness, a recognition, an outward witness and testimony to that God is God. He is the only God. He has called upon me, taking me out of the world to walk within it, giving a witness to take it over for Jesus Christ. The kingdom of heaven advancing. The gates of this world can't stop it. I'm walking knowing who I am. I am a Christian. I am called out by God to be in the world, but not of it. And therefore, to raise my family that way in the church and help them find others to build the church and build and build and build. And there's going to be lots of times where I don't see how it's going to happen, but I have learned to trust his promise and keep walking. So that you leave a legacy of Proverbs 17, verse 6. Children's children are the crown of old men. And the glory of children are their fathers. As we've been in a number of times thinking of the raising of our children in the covenant in Deuteronomy. This verse has come to my mind a lot. And I almost think of that as something I pray would be perhaps on my gravestone. Or at least thought of me by my children. The glory of children are their fathers. That would be the fathers that walk in the presence of the Lord and know what that means and are leading them and setting them up to do the same. Beloved, may this be your legacy's walk witness. Walking by faith, not by sight. With your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, being found following Jesus on the narrow way all along the way. What does Jesus say when he's gathering his disciples? Follow me. And what do they do? Immediately. Just like Abraham. They followed him through to the end, to the crucifixion. And then at the resurrection and the ascension, and they never stopped. Do this that your children would speak of serving the Lord our God, as we saw in Deuteronomy recently. Help me, help me, Father, the Son, explain to me the meaning of all of this. What does it mean when the Lord our God said these things to you? See, we're to be teaching that ownership to our children, knowing about finding that wife, that husband, thinking to raise that children, serving. My life, my identity is about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. My whole life is going to be about serving the church, building the church. And it's the Father's duty to develop this and to teach faith in it, to seek it out. May it be that your children would speak of serving the Lord our God and as elsewhere, my Father's God. My God is my Father's God. The text in Exodus we looked at and preached when Abraham uh, graduated to communicant membership last year. Praise the Lord. And may it be that you're saying of yourself as having walked before the face of the Lord... That it would be said of you by others, such as Enoch and Noah, that others would say of you, he walked with God. Let your testimony be, I walked before the face of the Lord so you can trust him too, my son, my daughter, 
my helper helping my sons and daughters. And may it be so evident in such actions and affirmations to your children as we see tonight that they testify at your graveside service. My father walked with God. My mother walked with God. Because your walk around your home, wherever that is found, Maybe they say that because your walk was always Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will walk before the face of the Lord. May your life be preparing and sending others on to say the same of their family households and their family lives. And may the Lord see fit to send others to uh, draw to the Lord and disciple to do those things with their family and their families' families. You know, many different things could be said about you or what you might say about yourself As you think of summarizing your life's journey. I did this for a living. I lived there. There's, there's so many things you could say. There's so many things you could choose to say about yourself. And Abraham says, The Lord before whom I walked. The Lord before, before whom's face I walked. That's my, my testimony since I was 75, he says. I'm getting old now. And I'm sending you on a walk to walk back. Long journey. Have faith. The Lord will have someone walking with you. And he did. See, again, remember the servant is recounting this conversation, but it's in the presence of about to bring Rebecca to Isaac. You know the story. Let Abraham's life commitment, focus, and witness be yours. I walked before the face of the Lord. The Lord before whose face I walked. And that's how I know to trust him. Even now at the end of my life on earth. As I prepare to set my feet on higher ground. Heavenly land. Beloved, always be looking to God for his smile upon you. Always be looking to be smiling back at him as you walk all the way into heaven and often find that he has been carrying you in his arms. With your covenant family following close behind you, having been walking in your approving presence as you called them to take on the mantle of your faith's motto and mission, let your life be a walk before the face of the Lord. And that's the message for you this evening. Call on you, the Lord's calling right now, 75 around there somewhere. Calling on you, young children, and all in between, and some over. <laughs> Let your life be a walk before the face of the Lord. What more could you possibly want to be able to say about your life?
That's what we want to be able to say. And beloved, if it is, we can have confidence and be at peace. We'll be walking before his face, talking and walking with him in the cool of the day, in the comfortable presence of God, in the new heavens and the new earth, waiting in the river of life, eating of the trees of life, surrounding the throne and the lamb, worshiping forever. Let your life be a walk before the face of the Lord, because that's the end of the journey. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we ask that you indeed would give us the testimony that we walk before the face of the Lord and let us therefore, as we're older, show more faith, more trust, take more steps of faith and stepping out in faith, leading those uh, younger than us and those under our care formally in covenant. Trust the Lord. Step out. He will be with you. Jesus will not forsake you. If he calls upon you to be fruitful and multiply and build his church, he will provide the wife. He will provide the husband. He will provide the children. Step out. Be about my calling to walk with God in the world, but not of it. Following after Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let us be about that. Let it be said that we walked and followed Jesus. Let that be all we care about, what is said of us and what we say about ourselves. Testifying that God is faithful and Jesus is Lord. And we pray in your name. And all your people walking before your face said, Amen.